Hey everyone. Welcome to Rupsha Reads Between the Lines. Do you love reading? But this busy lifestyle of yours don't let you pick up books? Then I am your guy. I am Rupsha and I discuss everything between the lines of famous and obscure books in English literature. Today I am going to talk about a very famous vintage classic. Wuthering Heights is the only novel of Emily Bronte, who died of tuberculosis in 1848 at the age of 30. Her only novel, published a year before her death, stands as perhaps the most intensely original work in the English language. And I'll be reading an excerpt. With straining eagerness, Catherine gazed towards the entrance of her chamber. He did not hit the right room directly. She motioned me to admit him, but he found it out ere I could reach the door, and in a stride or two was at her side, and had her grasped in his arms. He neither spoke nor loosed his hold for some five minutes. during which period he bestowed more kisses than ever he gave in his life before i dare say but then my mistress had kissed him first and i plainly saw that he could hardly bear for downright agony to look into her face the same conviction had stricken him as me from the instant he beheld her that there was no prospect of ultimate recovery there she was fated sure to die oh kathy oh my life how can i bear it was the first sentence he uttered in a tone that did not seek to distinguish his despair and now he stared at her so earnestly that he thought the very intensity of his gaze would bring tears into his eyes but they burnt with anguish they did not melt what now said catherine leaning back and returning his look with a suddenly clouded brow her humor was a mere vein for constantly varying caprices you and edgar have broken my heart heathcliff and you both come to bewail the deed to me as if you were the people to be pitied I shall not pity you not I you have killed me and thriven on it I think how strong you are how many years do you mean to live after I am gone Heathcliff had knelt on one knee tremulous he attempted to rise but she seized his hair and kept him down I wish I could hold you she continued bitterly till we were both dead i shouldn't care what you suffered i care nothing for your sufferings why shouldn't you suffer i do will you forget me will you be happy when i am in the earth will you say 20 years hence that is the grave of catherine onshaw i loved her long ago and was wretched to lose her 
but it is past. I have loved many others since. My children are dearer to me than she was. And at death, I shall not rejoice that I am going to her. I shall be sorry that I must leave them. Will you say so, Heathcliff? Don't torture me till I am as mad as yourself, cried he, wrenching his head free and grinding his teeth. The two, to a cool spectator, made a stranger and fearful picture. Well might Catherine deem that heaven would be a land of exile to her, unless, with her mortal body, she cast away her mortal character also. Her present countenance had a wild vindictiveness in its white cheek and a bloodless lip and scintillating eye, and she retained in her closed fingers a portion of the locks she had been grasping. As to her companion, while raising himself with one hand, he had taken her arm with other, and so inadequate was his stock of gentleness to the requirements of her condition, that on his letting go, I saw four distinct impressions left blue in the colourless skin. Are you possessed with the devil? He pursued savagely to talk in that manner to me. When you are dying, do you reflect that all those words will be branded in my memory and eating deeper eternally after you have left me? You know, you lie to say I have killed you. And Catherine, you know that I could as soon forget you as my existence. Is it not sufficient for your infernal selfishness that while you are at peace I shall breathe in the torments of hell? I shall not be at peace, moaned Catherine, recalled to a sense of physical weakness by the violent, unequal throbbing of her heart which beat visibly and audibly under this excess of agitation. She said nothing further till the paroxysm was over. Then she continued more kindly. I am not wishing you greater torment than I have, Heathcliff. I only wish us never to be parted, and should a word of mine distress you hereafter. Think. I feel the same distress underground, and for my own sake, forgive me. Come here and kneel down again. You never harmed me in your life. Nay, if you nurse anger, that will be worse to remember than my harsh words. Won't you come here again? Do. Heathcliff went to the back of her chair and leant over, but not so far as to let her see his face, which was livid with emotions. She bent round to look at him. He would not permit it. Turning abruptly, he walked to the fireplace, where he stood, silent, with his back towards us. Wuthering Heights is the only novel of Emily Bronte. In it, she records the story of the passionate love between Catherine Earnshaw and the wild Heathcliff with such truth, imagination and emotional intensity 
that a plain tale of the fox shamos acquires the depth and simplicity of ancient tragedy as charlotte bronte her sister has told us wuthering heights was hewn in a wild workshop with simple tools out of homely materials the statuary found a granite block on a solitary moor with time and labor the crack took human shape and there it stands colossal dark frowning half statue half rock in the former sense terrible and goblin like in the latter almost beautiful for its coloring is of mellow gray and moorland moss clothes it and heath with its blooming bells and balmy fragrance grows faithfully close to the giant fort emily's imagination was essentially poetic she was by far the best poet of the three sisters it is precisely her power to give vivid poetic force to objects and incidents that has always most impressed readers of wuthering heights that's all for today take care and stay tuned to roopshari between the lines for your next literary adventure